If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, we'll be looking at verses 39 through 43, and when you think about sin, many people do not realize the state in which they find themselves. Now, what do I mean? Many people don't even realize that they are sinful. 
They think everything that they do is just normal things, even though it is sinful to God. Then you have people that are sinful and they know that they are sinful, but they don't care. They could care less. And then you have people that are sinful. They don't know how sinful they are, but they also do not realize that they need Christ in their life. Then you have some that when they come face to face with Jesus Christ, they see the state that they are in. They realize that they are sinful and they need Christ in their life because Christ gives them hope. Hope and forgiveness, hope and eternal life, hope for a future. Now during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, we find two criminals. One of these criminals... it seems, did not truly realize or recognize the state that they were finding themselves. Both were being crucified for their crimes, but one did not realize how sinful he truly was. Or he didn't care how sinful he was. But then the other one, comes face to face with Jesus Christ. And in Christ, he finds hope. So one is, you could say, hopeless, and the other has hope. Look at Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. And one of the evildoers, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be that Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Fearest thou not God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? We are indeed righteously here, for we receive things worthy of that we have done. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto him, or he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Then Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day in which you have given us, a day that we could just come and, and worship freely, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision today, I pray that you would speak to their hearts today. And Lord, again, I just pray that you would be with those that are sick and shut in, those who could not make it today, those that may be traveling, those that have lost loved ones. Lord, you know each name and each need, and we just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me, give me the words to say, and just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now what we see in this passage of scripture, three men have been crucified. 
One is the Son of God. Innocent of any crime, yet crucified. And he was crucified out of fear, out of jealousy, out of hatred. The scribes and Pharisees and the priests, they were so jealous and so envious of Jesus Christ and the following that he had and the fact that we also see that they did not want to lose the position they had, the power they had, they had him crucified. They could not see the Messiah was in their midst. But then we see two other men crucified with Jesus. According to Matthew 27, 44, these two criminals that were crucified with Jesus Christ, they are called thieves. We're not told what they had stolen. We're not told how bad they were. What we are told is that they were thieves, they were criminals, they were evildoers, or malefactors, and the Romans, when they caught these two, they sentenced them to death. But when we compare these two with Jesus Christ, these two men are being punished for their crime. Whereas Jesus was innocent of any crime. But when we look at these two men, these two malefactors, these two criminals that were crucified with Jesus Christ, it reminds me of Romans 6.23. Now what does Romans 6.23 say? It says, for the wages of sin is death. Here we see these two men pretty much living out that verse. The wage of sin is death. They're being paid for their crime. The wage of their crime, which was death, but also what we see at this particular moment when these two men are crucified, they're also on their way to pay the spiritual wage of sin. Spiritual death. They were evildoers, malefactors whose crime warranted a death penalty, but we also see that because of their sin, they were also on their way to pay the wage of sin. They were lost. And at death, they would pay the price of dying lost. Now, this was the state that these two men found themselves when they were crucified. When these two thieves were crucified with Jesus Christ, when they were nailed to the cross and then lifted upright, both of these men were without hope. They were in a hopeless situation. 
They were paying the price for their crimes and soon they would be paying the price for their sin. Now I want you to think about these two thieves. Think about what they were seeing that day. Think about that for a second. All the things that they were seeing that day. They would have witnessed, possibly witnessed, Jesus' trial. Because they had also been tried and found guilty. Though we're not told if they witnessed it or not, they may have. But as they were marching and on their way to Golgotha, they would have seen Simon of Cyrene being pulled out to help Jesus carry the cross. They would have seen Jesus beaten to a pulp and Simon Cyrene of Cyrene carrying the cross. But they would have also as they were being nailed to the cross, to their crosses, they would have heard Jesus when he was nailed to the cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They would have witnessed all this. But they would have also seen and heard the soldiers and the people coming by and mocking Jesus. Look back at verses 36 and 37. Now, all three have been crucified by this time. And the soldiers come by and they mock Jesus. Look at what it says. The soldiers also mocked him and came and offered him vinegar and said, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. So these two criminals would have witnessed all this. Or most of it. But this is when we see the difference in the criminals. This is when we start to see the difference between someone who does not realize the state in which they find themselves and then one who does. The first criminal that we're going to look at is the one who starts to mock Jesus. He starts to mock him. Look at verse 39. And when one of the evildoers which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be that Christ, save thyself and us. Now look closely at what he says. If thou be that Christ, if you are who you say you are, if you are the Christ, the Messiah, if. Prove it by saving yourself and saving us. 
words any different than the Roman soldiers? No. Was his words any different? If you look back and or look in the other Gospels as well, the words that you see the, the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees saying, was it any different than those? No. He was mocking Jesus Christ. His words were no different than the soldiers who had crucified them. Now think about something. Facing death. This man was facing death. And here he is face to face with Jesus Christ. And nothing Christ had done up to this point in the last three years was done under a rock. He would have heard the stories about Jesus Christ. Remember what Paul tells Agrippa? All these things were not hidden. All this was done out in the open. But when facing death, instead of turning to the one who could have saved his soul, he mocks. Face to face with the Son of God, he mocks the Son of God. So what he's showing here is his evil character. He's showing his lack of remorse for anything that he had done. There's a lot of people in the world like that. That when they come face to face with the gospel, face to face with the Son of God, they could care less. Many people in the world like that. I mean, this man did not seek forgiveness of sins. He did not acknowledge his sins. He didn't even acknowledge the fact that he was there being paid the penalty for the crime he committed. He wanted off the cross. He wanted his physical need fulfilled, but not his spiritual And he mocks the one who could have given him life, eternal life, and forgiveness. Now when we look at this this criminal, he either did not realize his sinful, wicked state, or he didn't care. He was mocking instead of repenting, insulting the one who could save him. But then look at the difference between this criminal and the other criminal. The other thief on the cross. 
what we see is the other one realizes his state. He realizes his state. He recognizes his sin and how he is rightly paying for his crime. Face to face with Jesus Christ, he turns to Christ. He turns to Christ when he's faced with Christ. And he also gives a confession of Jesus Christ. It was a simple confession, but he still confessed. Look at what he says. But the other answered, verse 40, and rebuked him, saying, Fearest thou not God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? We are indeed righteously here. Look at this. For we receive things worthy of that which we have done. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Look at what he's saying. Look at his confession. He's confessing his sins. But he's also asking the other criminal to recognize his sin as well. He confesses that they deserve their fate. We were rightly judged. We're here for our crime. We did what we were condemned for. We did it. We're being rightly judged. And we deserve to die for this sin, for these things that we did. But then look at what he also says. He points out that he and the other criminal, the other thief, are different than Jesus. He says, this man hasn't done anything wrong. We're here because we deserve being punished for our crime. But this man has done nothing amiss. Basically he's saying he's innocent. And look at what they're doing to him. Jesus was innocent. And he says, but we're guilty. And then look at what he says. Look at what he calls Jesus. Lord. Lord. He calls him Lord or Master. He recognizes while they're hanging there on the cross, he recognizes that Jesus has authority over him and he calls him Lord. He's humbling himself before Jesus Christ. Now think about that. While he's hanging there on the cross, is he able to bow down in front of Jesus? No. All three of them are hanging on the cross. Yet he still humbles himself before Christ by calling him Lord. 
And then look at what he says. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now I want you to think about something. Where were these three men? They were hanging on three separate crosses. All three of them were dying. Yet he asked Jesus, remember me when you come into your He didn't know how it was going to be done. But he recognizes that Jesus is a king who is going to have a kingdom that he is going to rule. Meaning he realizes Jesus is not going to die. Now Jesus died physically because he was a man. But Jesus is the son of God. In a sense, this man realizes Jesus is going to rise again and come into his kingdom. Think about that. Was this man a priest? No. Was he a scribe? No. Was he a Pharisee? No. He didn't know doctrine or theology. And we can see that the majority of his life, because of the state in which he finds himself here, he didn't follow the law. Yet he recognizes in that moment something about Jesus Christ. Coming face to face with Christ, he realizes Christ is his Lord, his master, and that Christ is going to come into his kingdom and rule it. And he asked Christ, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you rule. And then look at what Christ says. Verily I say unto thee, Today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I might be hanging on the cross, but I'm still king. Today I'm going into my kingdom because my kingdom is already there. Today I'm going into my kingdom because I'm always ruling because I'm the God of the universe. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Face to face with Jesus Christ, he turns to Christ and he places his trust in him. Compare the two thieves. One is being punished for their crime. They're both being punished for their crimes, but one openly mocks Christ when he's face to face with Christ and the other one acknowledges him. 
as his Lord. The one that mocked couldn't care less about his sins. And he mocks the only one that could save him, the only one that could give him hope. So when he mocks Christ, he remains in a hopeless situation. Whereas the other recognizes his sin and he rebukes the one for mocking Christ. And then he turns to Christ. And when he turns to Christ, the only one that can save him, what happens? When he says, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom and Christ says, today you'll be with me in paradise, he instantly has hope. instantly has hope because Christ says, you're coming to be with me. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. He turns to Christ and he's saved. He realizes his situation. He recognizes his sins and he turns to the one who could forgive him. The one who could give him hope. Think about something. When we look throughout the Bible, only God can give life. And that's what we see here. Christ giving him life. Only God can give hope. And what we see here is Christ giving him hope. Hope to the hopeless. Jesus giving hope to one who was in a hopeless situation before he came to Christ. But that's what Christ can do today for all of us. He gives us hope. He gives us strength to get through the day. Think about what Jesus is telling. We're both dying, but you're coming with me. We're both dying, but you're coming with me. Hope in an eternal future. Hope in eternal life. And Jesus offers the same to us today. Hope in a future. A future with him. Hope in eternal life. And all one must do is realize that they're sinful. Admit that they're sinful and turn from their sin and turning to Jesus Christ, repenting of their sin and confessing their sins as did the thief and confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord. If you have never believed on Christ, you must realize the situation that you find yourself. You're without hope. But Christ can give hope. You're lost. But Christ can find you. And you're on your way to hell. But Christ can save you from that. Have hope in Christ. The same hope a thief found while hanging on the cross. Let's stand for prayer.
Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for just the promise that we have in you, the hope that we have in you. And Lord, I pray at this time that as we come before you, that you would just be with us during this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, just to continue to look to you for guidance and understanding. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here today,